Uh, man, I am so, so excited again as I look out today, and I recognize that so many of you ha have been with us. Maybe you showed up day one uh, when we launched at the end of September back in uh, uh, 2017, I think it is. If that's five years, uh, my, my, I was going to say I, I, I've been up for a while, so my math might not be working quite right. But, uh, but uh, man, it has been awesome. Some of you were there with us as we set up and toured down in the, in the high school, and you remember the road cases and all the fun and excitement that happens with that, and uh, and we, we still set up a little bit in the morning, but how many of you know if you were there at the beginning, it's a heck of a lot less, okay? And they are excited about it. So some of the some of the people are like, man, this is like, Pastor Curtis, we just come in, we flip a light switch now, and it's ready. Like, it's so awesome. So it is, it's awesome. Uh, look, we've been in a series this uh, whole month that uh, we're calling Future Me, and uh, I know if uh, you're like me, uh, you, you, to get to kind of that future us where we'd love for, for us to be is, you know, you, you almost wish that there was points in time where you could have traveled back in time and spoke to past you and, and told past you, like, stop, like, don't. Like, don't freak out about this situation. Don't stress about the interview, you know. Uh, love that person through the problem or, or for, for all that is good. Don't date that person. Like, stop, you know what I mean? Like, you wish you could kind of go back and, like, you wish you could tell yourself uh, some things in order for you to end up where you, you wish you wanted to be, you know. And now maybe some of us, maybe you are where you wanted to be and others where you're, you're, you're not quite there yet. And we've been talking about what it takes here for us to actually do that, you know, for us to, to, to not have the regrets that are so common by so many people of, you know, uh, wanting to spend more time with loved ones and less time at work or working harder for uh, saving relationships or, you know, uh, just forgiving more, being a better parent, just having a, a, a higher quality of life that we all probably would love to strive for and aim for and try to get to. But really, I think for you and I, if we're going to actually do that, though, if we're going to get there, there's a couple of things we have to recognize. And uh, we have to recognize that, it, especially for those of us that, that are Christians, that call ourselves Christ followers, really for that, you know, we actually have to, to change a little bit so that we exhibit things like Jesus exhibited. The things that are, are, are godly and that's lay out in Scripture, you know, for us, it, you know, we're supposed to be kinder and gentler, right? We, we talked to you a couple weeks ago about that, how we're supposed to have, you know, that sense of faithfulness and self-control and, and even to have a sense of generosity and a sense of patience because guess what? Uh, how many of you figured out that where you may want to go, uh, you got to be patient to get there, don't you? Right? Because as much as we wish that you could like flip the switch, you could just get in the car and go straight, straight there. Sometimes you know that there's there's a little bit of some detours that take you along the way. Some, some sides, sometimes where God leads you down a road that maybe you didn't anticipate getting to. And uh, so I, I've been sharing some, some funny uh, obituaries that I've been uh, finding uh, over the past couple weeks. And I've got a couple more for you because uh, I, I just make sure future you doesn't end up kind of in these situations. Like uh, Pat Stocks, who was, she was 94 when she passed away uh, back in 2015. She passed peacefully at her home. But the problem was is that in her obituary, her family says that she left behind a lot of stuff that her daughter and son have absolutely no idea what to do with. Maybe some of you already know a person that's like this already, and maybe you're sitting next to that person. That's okay. So it says, so if you're looking for two extremely large televisions from the 90s, if you're looking for a large ceramic stork, 
an umbrella, a crane stand, or a toaster oven that is slightly used, or even a 2001 Oldsmobile with a spoiler because she was sporting it because she loved, it says, it literally says that she loved to put the pedal to the metal. I love that. It says it only has 71,000 miles on it. So that's a deal right there. And it says that she has over a thousand tools that we have absolutely no idea what they're used for. And she says that uh, the, the, the uh, kids say that, you know, uh, if any of these things interest you, that you should wait the appropriate amount of time and get in to get in touch. Tomorrow would be fine. <laughs> and that Pat was world renowned for her lack of patience. Isn't that amazing? Like, you can have all this stuff and still be world-renowned for your lack of patience. How about uh, uh, Danny Lloyd, who was described as a generous man? He was so generous, in fact, that uh, he gave away many of his possessions in the months before he passed away, including leaving his car to 12 different people. <laughs> That's a different kind of generosity, isn't it? And it says that he uh, was both a ticket scalper and broker, or as he called it, a facilitator of supply and demand economics. So, so I, I thought those were good. I, I love anytime you're going to leave something to somebody, but you leave it to 12 people. So you're like, you no, know, no, every, all of you, you all, you all get it. So uh, work, that, work that out amongst yourselves. But uh, look, at Discovered Church, you know, uh, one of the incredible things is that we, we can say is we've accomplished uh, quite a bit over five years, and uh, today we'll spend some time celebrating uh, on that. And uh, also, I actually want to take some time today uh, to kind of look us towards the future, to where we're going to head as a church and as a body. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if maybe when you, like, graduated, whether it was high school or college, or maybe uh, when you were going to get married or something like that, if you've ever had anybody ask you the question, uh, you know, what, what do you hope to accomplish? You know what I mean? Like, now that you're graduated, what, you know, what are you going to go do? You know, what are you going to accomplish in life? Or, or you know, wh where do you head from here? Uh, one of my favorite things to do in premarital counseling, by the way, is I love, uh, and I, everybody gets homework assignment with premarital counseling with me. It's, it's so much fun. I love giving out homework. It's so great, especially to adults. Uh, I know, yeah, I know. Frank and Tracy are like, yeah, they really do. Like, they love it. Like, they, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine. But uh, I, I love for them to write down their goals in, in five and in 10 and in 20 years. And they do it separately because I always love to see when they do that, when they come together, to see how many of the goals, like, line up and how many of them are way off. And, like, mm, we, got some, we got some things to talk about here, don't we? Because isn't it funny how sometimes we love to dream about the future? Well, I, I actually, I think that there's probably two, two types of people in the world, right? There's those that, like, really love to dream about the future because you love to think about the possibilities, and you love to think about all that could happen and, and all that could happen in your life, you know what I mean? Whether, uh, you know, work and school and this and that, and you just love to dream down the road. And then other people I've found... Uh, dreaming about the future gives you anxiety. Like, you're just like, I can't think about the future right now. I'm just trying to barely make it by, Pastor Curtis. Like, we're just like, we're, we're, we're one bill at a time, one paycheck at a time. We're just going to see how we can kind of see this thing out and get there. So, so I, I think that there's, there's two things. But today, uh, I, I wanted to give you, since because I like to give homework out, I'd, I'd like to actually give you some homework. If you got your Bibles, uh, you can open. We're going to spend just a few moments in, in Proverbs before we head into, uh, into the New Testament. But in Proverbs chapter 19, this is, by the way, this is your homework.
homework. Your homework today is uh, we're only going to read a couple verses out of Proverbs 19, but I'd really love for you to take the opportunity to read Proverbs 19 at home uh, and, and actually read the whole chapter because Proverbs 19 really, really has some things to say about your future, and it really has some things to lay out for you and for me for us to kind of like really uh, keep in mind when it comes to our future planning and ambitions, to where we want to go. And, and here's what it says in, in Proverbs Chapter 19, verse 3, it says that a person's own folly actually leads to their ruin, yet their heart uh, rages against the Lord. And so you might be saying, what does that mean? It is simply put, basically, you know, when, when we think, and, and we've all thought this, that we all thought that we, we knew the answer. Like, like, I know how to get there. Like, I know what I got to do. I, I've got to do this, and we got to build upon that, and we, you know, to get to where I want to go. And, and, and then when something happens, you know, when it talks there about your heart uh, rages against the Lord, when stuff happens, sometimes we're like, God, you ever do that? God, I didn't end up, wanted to end up here right now. Like, this isn't fair. And we, we kind of throw, you ever thrown a pity party for yourself? Am I the only one that's done that? Okay, a couple of you have. All right, a couple of you have. You throw a little pity party for yourself. Like, this is, you know, you kick, this isn't fair. Like, you know, like, I, I, all the work and the effort, and I'm trying to do the right thing, and, 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 and as I, I, I kind of proceed, God, why? Why? So we mess up. And, and so often the ironic part is, is that we actually mess our own lives up and we want to blame God for it. Isn't that ironic? Like we want to mess up. Like we, we know that the, the Bible clearly lays some, some guidelines out for how we should live. And, and then, you know, we know that we don't like, quit. we're like, you know, I'm like 70%, you know, 70% in school. That's a passing grade. You know what I mean? And then we wonder why at the end of it, why, uh, why we're kind of kicking the, kicking the rocks saying, God, wh what's going on in my life? And what I love, though, is in verse 20 of this chapter, it actually says this. It says in verse 20, it says that you should listen to advice. You should listen to advice. You should accept discipline. Now, here's the question that I have, okay? How many of you are really great at accepting discipline? Anybody? Okay, there's one or two of you in here. Now, how many of you, if I tell you not to drive around the building when you leave today, you want to drive around the building just for the fact that somebody told you not to do that and you're going to try to buck the system? Okay, there's a couple of us. I know. I know. Tell me. Tell me to wear my seatbelt. Just wait. You just wait and see, you know. Uh, tell me what to do. I'll show you. You know, like we have that, that, that mindset. And so... It's interesting, though. It says uh, listening to advice, accepting discipline, that at the end, guess what? It's going to be counted. You'll, you'll be counted wise, though, if you do these things. And it says in verse 21 that many are the plans of a person's heart. In other words, we love to structure and stretch the whole thing out. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. In other words, listen, we have to understand that, that God has a plan for your life and for my life. And, and, and we can wonder until our wonderer uh, has done wandered off, okay? That's, uh, that's about my Sussex Countyism, okay? Where you can wonder and you can puzzle until your puzzler's done puzzled out. You're sore, you're sore in the head thinking about it. But the fact of the matter is, is God's laid a plan for you and for me out here. And, and he says that, listen, I need you to understand that you can make all the plans in the world, 
but it's me calling you, me leading you, it's me guiding you. Sometimes it's me closing doors in your face a little bit, maybe even smashing your nose a touch, you know, because you're trying to shove and go through things that you shouldn't be doing because ultimately he says, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead you somewhere. And so we, we see here that, you know, if we, we might not know the full plan of our lives, but, but here's what I've come to realize is that we, uh, you and I, we're not going to see true fulfillment. We're not going to see true fulfillment until God's purpose is revealed in our lives. We're not going to see true fulfillment. Like, you're going to just see this sense of us just kind of like going and searching. You've probably known somebody, and if this is you, it's okay, but you've probably known someone that has had the quote-unquote the midlife crisis, right? I have a theory on why the midlife crisis happens. And it doesn't happen because you look, you look in the mirror and you're not as young as you once were. Uh, you don't, it, it's not because you look out and you realize that you drive an O2 Ford Escape and it's bright yellow, okay? <laughs> if you don't know, that's my car. <laughs> it's not because of that, but the, the midlife crisis happens, I think, for a lot of people because maybe at one point they knew who they were, they knew where they were going, but guess what's happened? They've lost track of it. They once, they once had a sense of purpose and identity, but now all of a sudden they find that they don't. And, and so in order really, though, for us to see this, we have to find our true fulfillment in God's purpose. And by the way, if you serve and you love Jesus Christ, that's awesome. But guess what? You have to be on guard because you're susceptible to it just as everybody else is. It's one of those things, it creeps in if you're not careful because it just steadies in on our lives as we kind of live and we go through because every Monday feels like what? Monday, doesn't it? And if, or if you're like us, in the office, we called the whole week last week, it was the Mondayest of all weeks. Like, this is the Mondayest Tuesday we've ever experienced. Friday, we were like, this is the Mondayest Friday ever. Like, like, it just was one of those things. And, and so we realized that you have to stay controlled because if not, it, it, you'll drift. You start to go off course. But I think in order to see God's purpose and fulfillment in our lives, it, it means we have to allow ourselves to follow him. And here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to have to deny ourselves the desires that are inside of us. Because how many of you know that uh, as much as it's great, you all spot me in my O2 Ford Escape that's bright yellow. You know what I mean? That's not my dream car. Juicy for Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. That for me, you know what it could be? I, I could go out today or tomorrow, and, and I could get me uh, the truck of my dreams. And, and you know what would happen? I, I mean, could I pay for it? Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go bankrupt or nothing over it. But at the same time, is it ultimately going to deter me from where I'm trying to get, where God has led me to? Yeah. It will. And so sometimes we have to de deny ourselves. And, and in other words, guess what we have to do? We have to de develop self-control. Man, we talked about that last week, and it is a dirty, nasty word that nobody ever wants to talk about, self-control. Self-control is a horrible Why, Pastor Curtis, why do we have to bring this up the second week in a row, self-control? Come on. But why? Because we want to eat Oreos, and we want to drive the nice car. You know what I mean? We want to have the, the big house. We want to go get coffee every single day, and we want to see that there's no self-control. And, and when no self-control is in our lives, you know what happens? We end up unhappy. We end up in debt. We end up stressed. We end up not fulfilled, and we end up in an early grave all because of it. Meanwhile, what do we do? Future us, 
leaves our future families in no better shape than anything else. We leave them in debt, unfulfilled. Paul has something to say about this. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, Paul, he, he's got so many, obviously, uh, great writings here that, that we can see in the New Testament. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, though, I love, because he, he wants to lay out something that we all un, can understand a, a little bit of here. And he wants to lay out that, that we're in a race. And every time I read this, by the way, anybody remember the, uh, the um, I think it was, I don't remember what the name of the movie was, but it had Mr. Bean in it. And Mr. Bean was, it's a race, it's a race. You remember that? I, well, I don't know what the name of that one is. It's just every time I hear that, I, I just hear Mr. Bean, it's a race, it's a race. If you don't know who Mr. Bean is, you got to check it out, okay? That's a little little detour there. But here's what he says. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, when he's talking about it, that we're in a race, he says that everyone, in verse 25, everyone that who competes in the games, okay, if you're going to go compete in a race or, or in some athletic event, what do you have to do? You have to go into strict training. Like, you have to get up. You have to work out. You've got to go. And, and, and he says that, guess what? All of this happens, and they do it for a crown that doesn't last. But he says, instead, we have to understand that we're going for a crown that will last forever, for forever, forever and ever, and ever, ever, ever. And he says that, that as we do this, he says in verse 26, therefore, you know, we can't run like someone running aimlessly. So I, I know there's some, pe some runners in this room, okay? And whether it's you're running for a race or you're going to go to practice running, you're not going to find me practice running, okay? Okay? I, I mean, maybe I'll practice running if somebody's chasing me, but... Uh, <laughs> That's about the kind of running I want to do. But, but no, but, but as, as we, we, we know that if you're going to go running, you, like, you don't just wake up and just like, like some of you think, uh, you think back into Forrest Gump where he just decided to go running one day and he just starts running. He ran to the ocean. He ran to the other ocean. He's just like, I'll just go where I go, you know? No, what do we do? Like, there's a plan of action, isn't there? You wake up and you kind of know the route that you're going to take and you probably roughly know how long it's going to take you in order to, to make sure that you get what you need to accomplish within that set of time. And he says, so we can't run like someone aimlessly going out there and go. He, he says, we can't act like a boxer, just swing at the air, doing absolutely nothing, not hitting nothing. No, he says, I have to strike a blow at my body and I have to make it a slave so that after I've preached to others. So in other words, he says, in my twilight years when it's all said and done he says I won't find myself disqualified for the prize he says he, he's saying look I want when when my time comes to an end no matter how long that is whether it's a week a month a year a decade or a century I mean he, he says it doesn't make any difference that I want to make sure that at the end of it I'm not disqualified because ultimately what we see here is we see that self-control actually helps to lead us somewhere it helps to ultimately lead us so that we can start looking more like Christ and less like us. And what I ultimately think that it helps to, to lead you and I to is it helps us to develop the spirit of generosity. Now, how many of you, how, does anybody like giving gifts? Anybody like being the giver of gifts? Okay, some of you do. All right. It gives me anxiety personally, okay, because you never know what to get somebody, you know what I mean? But now, how many of you like to receive gifts? 
We all love to receive gifts. Receiving gifts is the greatest thing ever. It doesn't even matter what it is. Like, like receiving it, because when we allow ourselves to develop the spirit of generosity in our lives, guess what it ultimately is showing us? It's, it's showing us that, that God is a gracious God, right? He's a gracious God, who, and he wants you and I to exhibit his characteristics. He's wanting you and I to look like him. And so you say that, and you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Curtis? Well, if you have kids, you know that some of your kids take after you, don't they? Like, there's certain traits they pick up on. Sometimes it's good ones, and sometimes it's not so good ones, you know? Like, uh, like for me and, and my kids, like, uh, me and my daughter are too much alike, and me and my wife and my son are too much alike. And, and isn't it funny that when we're too much alike, we butt heads a little bit, too, you know what I mean? But, but it's just one of those things. They have characteristics, and I'm just like, ooh, I want to get mad at you, but that's me. You know what I mean? Like, that, I'm just the same thing I do. You know what I mean? Like, we, we want to have that moment, right? And God is looking at us saying, no, 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 I want you to adopt my characteristics so you look like me. And look, God is such a generous God. And, and, and you know how good God is, a gen- how, how much we know God is a generous God? Because God loved the world so much that he did what? He gave. He gave his son. And now that's the verse we all know, but you don't, we don't talk about Exodus 34. It says that he's compassionate and he's generous. Psalms 33 says that the earth is full of his loving kindness. And scripture is all throughout basically telling us here, God says, no, 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 I want you to start looking like me to realize that I'm generous and loving and merciful, that I have graciousness and kindness, and I want you to start adopting these things. And when you do, he says, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be walking the exact path that I've called you to walk. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, here's, here's what he says in verse 11. He says that you're actually... When you follow this path, when current you gets future you there, guess what? That you're going to be enriched in which way? Can he say it? Every. He says every way. So that you can be generous when? In every occasion. And through your generosity, that's what's going to result. Guess what's going to result in it? It's going to result in thanksgiving to God. And in verse 12, he says that, listen, the service that you perform, because Paul's like, look, time out. I know y'all are going to complain about this. I know that you're going to have a moment where you're going to feel like it's, it, it's unfair, it's not cool, that it's uh, unjust and everything else. He says, but he, I want you to understand that this service that you perform is not only going to supply the needs of the Lord's people. He says, so when you do this, you're not just taking care of God's people. He says, but it's an overflowing in many expressions. In other words, words, lots of things come out of this, and it's thanks of God that's going to come out of this expression. In verse 13, he says, because of the service that you have proved yourselves, you know what's going to happen? Other people are going to praise God. How incredible is that? That he says that I'm trying to line you up and put you in a way so that because of the expressions of your love for me, that other people are actually going to praise God because of the obedience and the, that accomplishes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. He says, for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. And look, I want to let you know that here at Discover Church, your generosity, it has made a difference. Because of you, 
as individuals and because of you as family, guess what? You've allowed us as the body to be generous as the church. And, and, and now I, I want to share with you some stuff, and I, and I hope you can kind of get a little bit excited about this because I was excited. I knew we had done some incredible things this year, but when we went to kind of prepare for today, to plan for this, we found some really incredible things. Like, uh, so we're a church plant, okay? So in other words, uh, you know, five years ago we planted a church. Uh, the Sunday before there was no Discover Church, then that Sunday there was, okay? And so then ever since then we've been meeting. And so because we're a church planting and we had so many people that have, uh, into Amy in my life and just to Discover Church that have uh, just blessed us, they've just come poured into us, they've helped equip us. Well, listen, we I have a heart, and we at Discover Church, we have a heart for church planning and equipping pastors. And so I, I actually wanted to share a, a quick video with you uh, about just two guys uh, that you've never met, but that, in fact, you've made a difference in their lives. Congratulations, Discover Church, on your fifth anniversary. We're Pastor Mark and Lori from Hub Church in upstate New York, and we're just excited to be a part of the Next Level Relational Network where we met Pastor Curtis and Amy, and we're also a part of the Brotherhood and Sisterhood group with them. It, five years is a, is a great accomplishment, and we're excited for you. And along with your pastors, we know that God's got some great things in store with the revival that we're all praying for. So blessings to you as we celebrate. Discover Church, what's going on? This is Pastor Junior Torado from Baltimore, lead pastor at Church U. I just want to give you a shout out and congratulations on five years, uh, five years of excellence, five years of hard work, um, five years of making this dream happen. Um, know that you have a family in Baltimore that's praying for you guys and that are celebrating this victory with you all. We love Curtis and Amy. Uh, they're amazing pastors with big hearts. Um, and we're excited to see what God continues to do with you guys. Um, we love you. We honor you guys. We congratulate you. Go O's. You know how it is, Kurt. Um, and let's just see what God continues to do with Discover. Um, I believe there are greater things ahead of you guys. Congratulations. We love you. So there you see uh, two guys, Mark and Junior. Uh, Mark's in upstate New York, Junior in Baltimore. And uh, see, you don't realize it, but Mark, uh, a few months ago at his church, uh, they came to church one day and found out that one of the sprinkler heads had busted and flooded their church. And now, if you've ever dealt with that, that's no fun, okay, right? Uh, but then, to make matters, uh, you know, that much more extreme, uh, he came home and found out that he had a pipe in his attic bust that flooded all the way through to his basement in his house in the, sa in the same week. And so, so, can you imagine, like, going through that and feeling like, 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 Lord, what has happened? Like, what's going on? Because, because guess what? You were a part of the story of, of, of helping uh, to, to, to be an, an aid, an asset to, to them up in upstate New York. And for Junior in Baltimore, uh, Junior uh, pastors in the inner city of Baltimore, and he just has a heart for his people. And so he uh, was one of those ones where you've actually, you don't even know this, but you've equipped me to go to Baltimore in the past just to help go through his facility and make uh, some repairs and to help plan and strategize how stuff could be better there but but look it doesn't it doesn't end there because in church planning and equipping of pastors so far year to date you've helped plant 46 churches so far this year to the tune of over three thousand dollars that you've given so come on can, do, can you get excited a little bit about that like that like that's and guess what this is only 
This is only year-to-date information I'm giving you. The year's not over with, everybody. Like, we're only, we're only in September here. But, but it, it doesn't really stop there because we recognize that church planning and equipping pastors is a, is a critical thing that we should be doing. But we also recognize that there's people all over the world that need to hear uh, about Jesus Christ. They need to experience his love and his mercy, uh, not just in the states but outside the states. So I, I actually wanted to, to take time here and show you about two guys. These are just two of the people that you've actually helped make a difference in in their ministries. Happy birthday, Discovered Church, five years. Absolutely incredible to hear all of the amazing testimonies of what God is doing in and through you. And just wanna say thank you so much for your support. Because of your giving through Discover Church, we continue to be able to do the work that we get to do and every life that has been changed, every pastor that's been trained in India, in Sri Lanka, every child's life that has been impacted and the families that have been impacted in Kenya because of your giving has helped us do our work. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. God bless you guys. Hey, Discover Church. My name's Nate with Church Planting Development East. I just wanted to say thank you for your support of what God's doing in the Middle East and North Africa. We've seen thousands of lives changed even over this past year, um, and your prayers and support have played a part in that. And we want to say thank you. Um, and also, we're excited for what God's doing through you and your community, your church and the community there. Um, over these past several years in, in your own church. And um, we're celebrating with you what God's done there and here and looking forward to what he's going to continue to do through you guys and your partnership with us as well. So thank you. So there we see uh, two guys. We got Nate and Jimmy. And, uh, and, and Jimmy and Nate are just, and again, I don't know, you, they, they say it so fast because they're just in it all the time. I don't know if you caught like just the plethora of countries and territories and areas. In fact, Nate actually can't even really tell you all of the places he is. He's in the Middle East right now when he sent that video uh, just because of some sensitivity to, to what's going on. But, but listen, you have made a difference, not just in our own community, not just in church planning, but you've made a difference around the world. And so far this year, you've helped us uh, between India, between the Middle East, North Africa, you've actually helped given $4,789 so far this year to missions, and that's because of your generosity. Now listen, here's the deal. Uh, you know, I've shared with you so far, church planning, equipping pastors, uh, but we've not even talked about what we've done so far at home, and at home, guess what? Your com commitment to Delaware, to the Eastern Shore, and to areas around our, our home here has made a huge difference. You know, so far this year that through your support, you've helped uh, Teen Challenge, which I know many of you know the difference that Teen Challenge makes. You've, you've given $2,000 so far to Teen Challenge. And so out of that, you know, we also, if you know, at Discover Church, man, we have a heart for uh, children and for teenagers, for, for those that from the little all the way up through high school and in college age. And, and look, our support for our kids and teens has helped to make DC Kids all that it is. And I am so proud and excited of the ministries that we have in both our, our, um, our elementary and younger and through our middle school and high school age groups. But, but guess what? Outside of that, okay, like so outside of what we do in-house. So what I'm about to share with you is not like curriculum, okay? This is us supporting youth and teen outside these four walls. Outside these four walls, so far, we've given over $4,372 away to resource children in our community and youth in our community to make sure we are making a difference 
for our generation. And by the way, this is why, listen, we are so excited about this. We're so passionate about this. This is why I can't believe that Miss Chanel hasn't come to me yet be telling me that, guess what, Pastor Curtis, we have too many volunteers in D.C. Kids and in our youth groups because guess what? It, it is so much fun making a difference in the next generation. And really, by the way, we're not talking like the next generation, like, oh, they're going to be important some, some point down the line. But no, no, no. Guess what? They are important right now, right now. And so I, I actually want to challenge you and spur you on that, that guess what? Uh, we promise we don't lock anybody in rooms with kids and, you know what I mean, and let the kids have duct tape, okay? Like, we don't do that. But what, you, what we do is we have incredibly caring people who sign up to, uh, to, to, to help check kids in and be a smiling face when you arrive and to, to be a teacher's aide and, and support uh, the main lead teachers and to, to help make sure that our babies are well taken care of every time we gather. And, and so, listen, if that is something that you say, you know what, I, I'd love to be part of that, I want you to make sure that you connect with us uh, today or in the next coming days to make sure because, man, we are passionate about our kids and our youth in this church and around the area. But listen, we, we've had some incredible things happen. In fact, relatively recently, many of you, in fact, I, we had uh, more than 70 people show up for Serve Day, where we just went out and we served in projects all over our community. And one of the incredible things that happened in Serve Day is that uh, we got to make a huge difference. And actually, I wanted to share with you really quickly here this video uh, from Miss Lisa, who actually participated in one of our Serve projects uh, here in Georgetown. Yeah, we helped with Serve Day. We brought a team to Shepherd's office. Um, Hal was our leader. We brought uh, 50 sandwich bags full of peanut butter sandwiches, crackers, um, a lot of other things, water. And we brought more with us. We brought hope. We met a lot of people there that were just out of tents and um, they needed somebody to talk to. They needed some food. And uh, we reached out, we had some coffee. We sat down and talked. Um, some of us passed out clothes, and um, some of us prayed with a couple of people, especially a man named Charlie, who works with me at Mount Air. Uh, he needed food. So I brought food to his car, and um, I noticed his hairnet. And I said, I bet you work at the chicken plant, don't you, Charlie? And he said, yeah, I do. I work in your department. He said, I work the night shift, and it's a good job. And, I actually saw him the other day and I remembered um, we prayed for him, for his job, to God, for God to keep him safe and to take care of him. And I just feel like we brought a little bit, but we brought a lot. Mm. You know, we brought um, our hands and feet. We brought Jesus with us. And it was a wonderful day. And, um, you know, I knew those people because I was there. I was one of those people. I was homeless, jobless, without hope, and Jim Martin was there for me. The shepherd's office was there for me, and it was an honor to serve him. And um, I used to go to Jim's every day for my breakfast, for my lunch, for my coffee, for my clothes, you know, for my free backpack and my free shoes, and we gave those out that day. And um, it was just a beautiful thing. and. It makes me think of the scripture in Isaiah where he talks about the true fast. That it's to help the hungry, to clothe the naked, to share your food with those who have nothing. And um, 
a lot of my old friends are still in addiction. They're still in alcoholism. They still, you know, work jobs here and there. And they still go to gym every day and I met with them. And I remembered where they, where I was and where they still are. And I think that, that Jesus really has a heart for them. And we made a difference that day. And guess what, church? That is one story from Server Day. That's one story from one project on one day that's happened so far this year. And guess what? This year, we've done so much more than Serve Day. You've adopted Little League teams. And now I, I'm so excited. I actually had the opportunity when, we, when Little League was happening I, at the end of uh, the year for the teams that we sponsor in Georgetown and, Middle, uh, Georgetown and Millsboro for Little League. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to go out. We do a big pizza party for everybody and have all sorts of stuff out there. And one of the parents comes up to me and just says, hey, I just want to let you know that I was so excited to find out that your church was the sponsor of our team this year because you guys have set the standard of bar of what to expect for sponsoring a Little League team because you don't just care about putting your name on the back of a shirt, but you actually care about the kids. How incredible is that? And through things like helping people that are in home, experiencing homelessness right now, through food distributions, through everything that is happening, and guess what? In our local community so far this year that you've helped to distribute over $4,300 worth of support to our community. Can you get excited about that? No, I don't think so. I, don't, I think you're, you're only... You're only so-so. You're only so-so excited. But I, I want to hopefully pump this up a little bit for you. And I hope that, guess what? Because I know some of you right now, you're trying to do the math in your head because we've thrown a lot of numbers and slides at you so far. And you're trying to figure out just what exactly does this equal? Well, listen, just in community support here in Sussex County on the Eastern Shore, just in Delaware, it, it, it actually equates to over $9,900 of community support. Okay? But when you put all of this together, so far, year to date, through your generosity, this is the only way we can do this, we've actually given away more than $18,968. That's an incredible number to me because that number, I know that this is a, a monetary thing, so it's you, like, you can look at it that way, but guess what? Those dollars tell stories. They tell stories about people in Georgetown, Delaware, that gather to worship the name of Jesus Christ and that believe so much in their faith and in the mission of Discover Church to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference, that they're willing to put things on the line in order to do that. Now, I know that some of you right here are, are saying, like, but what does this have to do? You're talking about the past because we want to celebrate what was happened in the past, but guess what we're not going to do? We're not, we're not just going to stay there. We're not going to camp out. We're not, going to, we're not just going to talk about all the things that we've done in the past, but we're going to talk about what we're going to do in the future. And through Discover Church and our leadership team that has actually helped us to where we're reaching the point, because many people don't know, the building that you sit in right now, we don't own. We lease this building. This is a lease building to us. And so what we're 
ultimately our hope and goal is is to actually save fu enough funds to be ready and able to purchase our own building when the day comes. And, and so what we've decided, we've kind of met and we've talked about kind of like what our goal needs to be in order like for us to at least have kind of that down payment because how many of you know you go buy the house, you got to have the down payment, don't you, right? You know what I mean? They, w they want that cash down. They want you to throw it down and make it rain, you know what I mean, when you, when you come to the table. And so when, when this happens, you know, we've set a goal at $150. $150,000. Now, I know some of you are probably like, Pastor Curtis, $150,000, that's a lot. You know, that's, that's quite a bit of money. Well, the, guess what? There's really great news because of the stewardship of the leadership of this church that guess what? We're already 60% there. So how, how awesome is that? Yeah. So one of the absolutely incredible things that we're going to be able to do here is in, in just a few weeks, we're going to do what we call our Heart for the House Offering. It's a once-a-year special offering that we do. If you've come here on a regular basis, you know uh, that we don't pass collection plates. We, we don't hold you upside down and shake you out for all your coins or anything like that. No, what we do is we want to encourage the, the spirit and the atmosphere of generosity to happen because when we are generous people, guess what happens? We start to look more like Christ. And so for us, one of the things that we do is, is we have the Heart for the House offering. It's a once a year special offering that's going to happen on October 16th. And so here, listen, this is for people who call Discover Church home, okay? Now, if you're visiting or if you're just checking us out, uh, this is not for you. I, I don't need you. We don't want you to give. If the Lord moves on your heart, that's great. But if not, that's okay. Listen, this is for people who call DC home. For a call, If you call DC home, you say, well, how, we're 60% there. How do we do it? And it's going to be through, obviously, regular giving through tithes and offerings. And it's going to be through the Heart for the House offering that we happens once a year where we contribute. And the Heart for the House is meant to be a once-a-year kind of sacrificial uh, offering, which is why we're not doing it today. Because I don't want you to, spur to give today out of an emotional setting. I don't want you to give because we, we've talked about some great stuff and you've heard a gr some great stories. But, but I want you to be able to go home and I want you as a family to be able to look at each other and pray about and even speak with your kids about. Because guess what? Your kids are learning about generosity in the back and they know that when they give, even when it's coins in the back, that guess what? Their generosity makes a difference in the lives of other people. And so I, I just want to ask, if you call D.C. home, if you would prayerfully consider what, doing this, you have just a few weeks now where you guys can have the opportunity to do this. And on October 16th, I'm so excited about where we're headed. Because guess what? Where we're headed, we, we've got big plans. Y'all don't even know. Like I, I, Sometimes when I sit, when we talk with the board about it, uh, I kind of like blow their minds a little bit. They're like, Pastor Chris, you got big plans. Look, we got big plans of, of growing this church, and we've got big plans of even launching new ones. We've got big plans of turning, uh, having a permanent space for our location. We, we've got big plans for making an impact in our community here at home and around the world. But guess what happens? We can't do any of that if you can't figure out you. Because guess what? It all starts with you. It all starts with you when it comes to your, your future idea of who you are and where you're going to be. It all starts about the person that you want to be and how to get, that, get the, the current you to that person, to that place. TJ, if you wouldn't mind, would you come up with me? See, we recognize that in 2 Corinthians, we've, we've been reading a little bit here out of 2 Corinthians today, and here's what Paul says in verse 13. He says, because of the service by which 
you have proved yourselves, guess what's going to happen? Other people are going to praise God. They're going to praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think what Paul was kind of pointing out here, he says, listen, it's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's one thing to use some words to do it. But it's another when all the other parts of your life line up and actually start to show that there's fruit there. When it actually starts to show that you are actually following out this faith that you are professing. He says, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Because of that, the prayers for you of their hearts, they go out because of the, of the surpassing grace. Has anybody experienced the surpassing grace of Jesus Christ. And I love it. He says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. All of these things. Listen, Discover Church has a future. But just like I shared earlier, how many times in our lives have we wanted to get to a place and then we kind of get upset at how long it takes us to get there. Because here's the fact, church. We can only move at the speed of you and at the speed of God opening doors. Without those two things, we're stalled, we're stuck. And because even if we give, even if you, even we meet the, the $150,000 goal, guess what that doesn't mean? That doesn't mean we just go out and buy the first thing we see with it for sale sign up. No, why? Because we're gonna be patient And we're going to make sure we allow God to open the doors and to guide us into where our future heads. We have to do it as a church. You have to do it as a family. And we have to do it individually. I want to ask if you would, would you stand with me this morning? We have big plans. But you are the biggest part to that plan. If there was anything I hope that you've gotten out of this message, out of this series, it's not hopefully that today we're asking for money. But I hope it's that through this series that we've talked about if we're going to have this real relationship with God, if we're going to have this relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord, then we should be showing kindness. We should be showing gentleness. We should show faithfulness. We have to show self-control even when it's not fun. We also show generosity and we show patience. Because when we exhibit these things, guess what happens? You and I start looking a lot less like us And we start looking a lot more like Jesus. Today, I want to ask if you would, would you just bow your head? And today, maybe there's some people in this room that as you've gathered today, you're just like, Pastor Curtis, I get kind of where where you're talking about. I just don't know if, 
if current me can get future me there. You say, I'm just not sure that I know the steps to walk in the process to get to get there. And today I want to let you know that there is great news that you don't have to know how to do those things. Because something happened. Not only did God send his son to die for you and for me, but that after his son Jesus rose from the dead, he actually sent the Holy Spirit to walk and to dwell with us. So that, guess what? You don't actually have to operate out of your own control. In fact, it's kind of pointless to keep trying to do that. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with you. So today, listen, if that is you with, with eyes closed and heads bowed, if that is you, if you just say, Pastor Curtis, I just want to invite God through the Holy Spirit. I just want to invite him to walk with me. Just slip that hand up. I see hands all over. Because we recognize that, guess what? We cannot do it alone. Heavenly Father, for those that raised their hands and even those that still have their hands up and maybe those that were a little scared to admit it, Lord, I pray that your spirit would come flood them, that they would wrap them in, you would wrap them in your embrace, Father God, that they would know just how loving you are. Just how much your mercy and grace just, it just wants to envelop them, Father God. Lord God, that today that we know that we are flawed people, that there's nobody in this room that has it all together. And Father, you still loved us in spite of all of that, Father God. And you said that, guess what? I don't want you to be on the outside of this. I want to call you my son, my daughter. Listen, today, if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's no better way to top off this morning's gathering than for you to say that prayer. It doesn't have to be fancy or complicated. You just confess. You say, Lord, I have sinned. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I've lived my life according to my will, but today I want to live it according to yours. And today, God, I, I pray that, that there's people in this place that are coming to the, the reconciliation that they have through you, Father, that they can recognize Christ as Savior. Father, we celebrate what five years at Discover Church has done, but Lord, we're looking for the next five the next 10, the next 50, as we look and we cast future vision, Father God, to where you want us to go as individuals and as a body. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, before we leave out of this place, because you all have been kind of quiet. I know some of you, in fact, I, I know er, Ernie, I got to talk with Ernie this week. Ernie had the opportunity to go to the Eagles. And Ernie, they were, they were hooting and hollering up there, weren't they, at the Eagles Stadium? They were rowdy. They were loud. They were a loud group. This is Philly people are just crazy. Some of you now, some of you are Ravens fans. And maybe if you've been to Ravens Stadium, and you've, you've been excited. You get a little, little tore up over at the Radium Stadium about when people do the touchdown, they do their touchdown dance, you get woo! 
But can I tell you today that we celebrate not just the almost $19,000 that we've poured back into people's lives, but we celebrate the difference of what God has done in your life and in the life of the people next to you. So let's just take a second and give God praise this morning, just like he deserves.